How long do you think it would take God if he chose to wreck your life? How long? How long you would think before you'd be in real trouble if God just backed out of the way? Just stepped aside and said, that seems to be what you want. You know, I've tried to knock on your door numerous tries, times, tried to shake your cage several times, and you won't pay any attention. You know, the reality is, let me ask this, how many of you believe that you have more in your life than you've just ever had? May I see you? Never dreamed you would achieve what you have. How do you think you got there? Well, you know, I got there through hard work, some would say. I got there through sticking with it. I got there through persistence. I got there by getting up and going to work. When other people were late and drinking coffee, I was out doing the job. When others were going home early, I, I stayed. So I, I, I did it. There are uh, close to 50 people in the uh, grief share room over there, right off the lobby, 50. They're there because they're grieving over the loss of a loved one. Some of them, some of them didn't expect that to happen. Others went through a long endurement of cancer or some sickness, and they're there, and they're there not because they just run to be in grief share. Many of them are there because they've come to realize, I can't manage this grief on my own. I need to learn how to do that. I thought about that, and I thought, wow, how quick that can take place. And yet, here's what I believe. I believe it with all of my heart that we all have to face life, and we can make our mind up to face it with uh, enthusiasm, with commitment, with belief, and come to the realization that the reason we have anything is because of God's favor overshadowing our life. If you believe that, say amen, that God is not, not, not the partner. He is the leader of our lives. He is the one that gives us the covering he is the one the Bible said. Here's what he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, Caveat Robert wrote, life is a grindstone. I believe that. And whether it grinds you down or polishes you up, notice this, it's for you alone to decide. Whatever happened today can wreck your world. Whatever happened uh, can ruin your month. Whatever happens, my friend, whatever circumstance you're in, you can say, okay, I'm going to recoil, I'm going to get angry, mad, I'm going to become faithless, I'm going to back away from my commitment. God, I want you to know I need a breather down here. And you can do that. Or you can say, you know what, God, whatever it is that comes my way, one way or the other, I'm going to find a way through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to make, and we've said it before, to be, be able to make lemonade out of lemons lemonade out of lemons and if you are worth your salt you learn to do that every single day i'm confident because i meet people all the time and they they always fall in two categories they're always the victim of something and always the victim of this always the victim of that or or there are those that you shake their hand you know that hey they're a victor 
They're not victim, they're victor. They're, they're living to the best of their life. If you listen long enough, they may not get around to tell you to begin with, but they're facing a major, major obstacle, and yet they still choose to dive in their time of prayer and the great difficulty. I dealt with a situation today in an organization that there's probably, I don't know, $70 million on the line. And so the little phone call the phone call that they went through and uh, they kept calling me to, to report was not a positive phone call. And it was one of those things that said, wow, this could be really, really expensive. It could be a monumental deal that could potentially, man, create harm and anxiety and all of that. And after we talked about it, one of the individuals on the phone says, hey, we may have got slapped around on that phone call today, but I'm here to tell you we're not going to give up until we go up, Pastor Blackburn. I want you to know that. We're not, we are going to hang in there and believe God. We're going to ride it up. We're going to do whatever it takes. And I think, you see, you and I are that light, that example for the cause of Christ everywhere we go. Now, how many of you, how many of you are not as old as your age says you are? How many of you are older than your age says you are? All right. We have a healing line here before we leave tonight. Wow. How many find it hard to say that you're old? Hello? Here's a couple of things I've learned. If you expect life to be fair, let me give you the backyard version. It ain't going to be. It ain't going to be. And sometimes, here's what I found. Your best is not enough. Well, just do your best, friend. I believe that, but sometimes doing your best is just not good enough. How many of you would not want me to give you a knee replacement? May I see your hand? My best would not be good enough, but you can call Dr. Fisher over there, and buddy, he can replace your knee in about 40 minutes flat or so. Love is expensive. Love, love makes the world go round. Well, love doesn't cost any, anything. If you're in love and you got love, let me just tell you something. It's going to cost you something, often your own self-denial. Not only that, but we know that perfection can never be conquered. Or one day I'm going to be perfect. Keep trying. Keep working at it. Keep believing. The minute you think you've conquered perfection, guess what? It'll take up and move to another neighborhood. Here's another, that God's grace is sufficient. I believe that. And then here's another. We know it's never say never. Here's another. You can't take back what you've already said. You ought to try that sometime. She asks you, how do you like my hair, darling? And you say, without thinking, well, I want you to know it's looked better before. You will never be able to take that back, and she will never forget it. Hello? Not every open hand is a welcome sight. Some hands open you want to shake. Other hands open want to slap you. Most everyone is a hypocrite at one time or another. 
Let me say it again. Most everyone's a hypocrite at one time or another. Success most often involves risk. Not only that, it's easier to complain than it is to compliment. I've learned these things. The Ten Commandments is not multiple choice. I have more opportunities than I can take advantage of in my lifetime. Here's another one. Staying focused is sometimes challenging. You believe that? Sure, people do become weary in well-doing. I've seen it. I can choose my own destiny one decision at a time. And God's or goals are never, or goals are necessary for desired results. Happiness is my choice. Say that with me. Happiness is my choice. Let's say it loudly. Happiness is my choice. Well, I'm not going to be happy. You choose it. You choose it. Giving the benefit of the doubt is best for you. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They didn't mean to say what they said to me the way they said it. Hello? They didn't mean to knife me in the back. They didn't mean to do that on purpose. They were tempted. It was a weak moment. And be grateful. You can be grateful. It was a sharp knife. You're better off. It's a dull knife. You're in a lot of pain. Hard work pays off. Who hated the word work? Anybody? No? There's nobody in the Bible. Was that Dobie Gillis? What? Maynard, oh yeah. He hated the word work. And I know some people who hate it too. And here's the best one that I've learned. Tithing works. Amen? Say that with me. Tithing works. Oh, say it louder. Tithing works. You see, it is the key. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer that will open up God's favor in your life. It is so very true. You see, I'm convinced that what I believe in life, in my own life, is affected by the environment that I was raised in. My mom and my dad, church-going people, hard workers, and I'm, I'm, I'm a part of that environment as I was raised. I found that my life experiences uh, I have appreciated thus far. And there have been many. I didn't like them sometimes to begin with, but I learned, hey, if this is the way it's going to be, let's get on with it. Amen? This is the way it is. I've also learned that the practice of God's Word in my life, acting as my standard, has benefited me in my life. I believe in a foundational truth of the Word of God. Therefore, I don't flip-flop around. I'm not blown by every wind that comes by. I'm not taken back by every fad in the spiritual arena. 
I know who I am. I know what the Bible says. I know what the Word of God shares with me. I know what that is. So I don't have to be blown around because I've, I've, I've hesitated in choosing. This Word is a light unto my path, and it's what I make my decisions on. Do you believe that? And then here's something else I believe. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. Now, let me give you three points, I think. I call it uh, success is attitude first. And I like to share that, that success is favor and acceptance first. Attitude has a lot to do with who you are. How many know someone today that you interacted with that seemed like they didn't have a good attitude? Anybody? I did. I ran into several. Ran into several. As a matter of fact, their behavior almost adversely affected me to have a bad attitude. Anybody relate to that? I'm in a bad attitude. You know what? When people walk into your presence and you're in the room as a believer, you know what they ought to feel? They, they ought to feel the room is lit up with the favor and blessing of God, not the meanness and the sour puss of the devil. Hello? Well, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing. And you know what? If God were to say, you know what? I think I'm going to just take a little bit of your oxygen away and see if I can get a better attitude out of you. So here we go. We have a vivid example. Oh, Joshua's our speaker tonight. 17th chapter, verse 14. The people of Joseph said to Joshua, why have you given us only one allotment, one portion of an inheritance? We are a numerous people, and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. You know what they were doing? They were taking the last will and testament out. Now, I served as an estate planner for about eight years. And my friend, you find out the true colors of a family when mom and dad die, and the will is there, and you say, my Lord, who gets this and who gets that? I've seen families fight over a few dollars. Y'all with me? And this is what happens. Joshua has divided the properties up. And you got one group who believe that they did not get what they deserved. John Marr wrote, may all who come behind us find us faithful and may the fire of our devotions light their way. That's a song that we sing. But may those who follow us have that great example of what it means to be a very positive individual. People know, people know you by your influence, and your influence will always be directed by your attitude. People know who you are. They know what you're going to say if they've been around you long under certain circumstances. They know if you get put in a situation, what's going to happen. And you know what we need to do? We need to say, but if it's not God honoring I don't want people to think that way about me. Joshua has divided and distributed the land. And the tribes of Israel have enjoyed it. Now these people have a piece of the promised land and their dreams finally have in fact become a reality. Here it is. Joshua led successfully. He's been courageous. He had to take it as a green hand from Moses. 
He had to be diligent. He had to be faithful and lead a group of people that murmured and grumbled every single time. He knew that's the way they were. Moses had led many of their fathers as well. Joshua assumes and he divides the land. He's in the middle. Let's see what the last will and testament says. Here it is. This is what you're supposed to have. The tribes of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh came to Joseph and they had an attitude. And it was not positive. Here were their observations. Hey, Joshua, we are more special people because we are the tribe of Joseph. We are a greater people, larger in number. We deserve more land than what you're giving us. We are not happy with what we have. And not only that, we are faced with too many obstacles. You know, their attitude, this is a phrase, literally stunk. In my life and your life, in any given situation, whether it's in public, whether it's out in the marketplace or at home, our attitude ought to be complementary to who we are as a believer. Come on, y'all. It should be. And businesses and family and things of that nature, their attitude was, we ought to be given special attention. You see, our circumstances are not acceptable, Joshua. And then we want you to know we feel like that you've cheated us and we shouldn't be required. Listen, we should not be required to fight for what's already ours. Oh, wow. So sad. You see, here's a definition. Attitude is a mental position or feeling regarding a fact or state. It's a mental position or feeling regarding a fact or a state. So you get the news that you don't like. So the person turned on you. So the report is not positive. So the surgery didn't go well. So some of the family members are not coming over for Thanksgiving. They're going to someone else's house. So you get your spectrum bill and you think they've gone up on me again. Hello? Here it is. You look at your stock report and you say, hallelujah, look what the Lord has done. And tomorrow you could look at it again and say, hallelujah. I want to suggest to you something. We are living, breathing testimonies and lights of Almighty God. And life is not fair and circumstance hit us. You say, well, that looks like the same right hook that hit me about six months ago or six years ago. Yeah, it's the same one. God, are you ever going to give me any relief? But here's what we must remember that really helps us is God says, hey, I'm with you every step of the way. Nothing's going to sneak up on you. Nothing's going to take you by storm. Nothing is going to surprise Almighty God. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for he is the kind of man who's always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, here's what he says. The Word of God is saying, hey, 
This man, all he ever thinks about is what the challenges are, what the costs are. Now, he might tell you, eat and drink, but the reality is behind that, he said, don't eat too much. Don't get too overwhelmed with it. The reality is it starts with us and in our life. Attitude is a choice that will commit you to failure or favor. Failure or favor. The tribes of Joseph had been blessed and blessed and blessed. And they, this is the fact, they were not overlooked. They had the same potential as any other tribe, more than most. Yet here's what they did. They chose to focus upon their assumed deficiency and lack. What I don't have, what I missed, why was I overlooked? I get short end of the stick, short change all the time. How come I'm not as healthy as they are? They seem to get the refund and I don't. You see, as long as, my friend, you are looking at what you don't have, you will never see what God has for you. Yet choose to focus upon your assumed deficiency. That's what they did in their lack. And while you're doing that, you will not be able to see the positive influence that God has in your life. We went through a major, a major recession several years ago. And Victory Church, we talked about it in board meetings. What do we do? How do we manage? How are we going to be affected? You see, here's, here's the thing that we live with every day. The bills at this church are paid by that offering plate that goes by every service. It's not like, well, we have a stock portfolio an endowment of $750 million. So, I mean, if things dip several thousand dollars, we just get our big portfolio and just take a little bit of money. That's not how it works. So there were those times, there were those times it was a bit challenging. But here's what we always said in every board meeting. This month, might have been a little less than budget. But before the end of the year rolls around, God will have us on track. And I can tell you every single year for 31 years, at the end of the year, God has us on track. Can you say amen? Put your hands together. We didn't get shaky. Why do you want to get shaky when you can use the element of faith? And so for that to take place, to have change, you have to repent. That's what change means. Repent means change. Most of the time, we need to start with that attitude. Here's another thing. You see, success is God's desire. God's desire is to bless you. Amen? I call it favorable achievements in your life happen to be God's will. Let me say it again. Favorable achievements in your life is God's will. It is God's will. Favorable achievements is God's will for your life. You say, wow. Joshua 17, 17. But Joshua said to the house of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, you are numerous and very powerful. You will have not only one allotment. 
You're not only going to have one allotment. Joshua responded in a positive way. He didn't say, you bunch of babies, you bunch of jerks, you bunch of peewee-minded people, you bunch of individuals who don't appreciate anything. He said, hey, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Why? Because he knew that God said, I want to give you favorable circumstances for achievement. He agreed with them. He said, yeah, you are a great people. There you go. You are a great people. He wanted them to grasp the fact that because they were great would be the more reason they would be able to gain greater favor. Greater favor. Listen, I say to you, the abundance of the blessing in my life and Sharon and my family is undeserved. But I can tell you that when things got tough, and they have been in the past, we've stood faithful. Amen? Because we were convinced in those times of challenge in those times of difficulty, God knows what he's doing. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? It's just, just so quiet. So here's what the enemy wants to do is to get us to have a frame of reference in the negative. You see, he stated that God has a special plan and a gift for his people. He said, it's true. Joshua said, it's true. Listen, everybody, Joseph, Ephraim, Manassas, you guys, God did not desire for anyone he created to fail in any way. And he created every one of us special in his sight, and he's chosen us. But some people don't get it, do they? We find the parable in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 25. And it is where, in fact, that the master gave three individuals a gift. One he gave five talents, and another he gave two talents, and another he gave one. And you know that when he came back, why did he give it to him? He said, I want, you, I want you to make a best effort with that. I want you to make it happen. Well, let me suggest to you, you say, well, why didn't that one? Listen, what do we do with the talents that God has given us? About the privileges that God has given us. About the influence that God has given us. About the privileges God has given us. How are we using all of those things that bring glory and honor to God? You see, if you go through life with clenched fist, you're going to be miserable. But if you go through life with your hands open and raised, my friend, you will be blessed beyond anything you could ever imagine. Two of those individuals maximized their gift. They went out, and I mean they doubled it up. The one who came back, who had the same thing from the very beginning, said to the master, Matthew 25, Hey, I knew that you were a hard driver. I knew that, that you expected uh, results in places you haven't sown, and you haven't scattered any seed. And here's what he said. So I was afraid. I was afraid, and I, I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here it is. It belongs to you. Nothing that's living, no living thing that is worth its value ever doesn't ever, 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 never stands for nothing. Every living thing God creates produces something. 
Every vessel produces something. Every living creature should produce something. And when we get filled with the Holy Spirit and God redeems us, He said, I want you to produce. I don't want you to complain about what you don't have, about the talent or whatever, or the place that you've landed in life or the scars that you have. If I said, hey, folks, dim the lights down, let's all show our scars, that'd be an ugly sight. We all have them. But if you notice, unless, unless you choose to remember them, you never even think about them. And the scar of sin and shame in our life is under the blood of Jesus Christ. He blessed those three with the same opportunity. He gave them the same energy. Get out there. And he blessed them with the same responsibility. Two believed and one failed. God, what do you want to do with me? What do you want to do with my life? What do you want to do with the business that I call mine? Forgive me when I do. It's yours. How do you want me to manage and steward the benefits that I have in my life? How do you want me to treat other people? I was at the stoplight this afternoon down from uh, across the street from Best Buy and there was a lady standing out there with a little old sign, starving. I looked at her, her eyes were withdrawn, her, her face was sunk in. She looked weak, she walked the distance, and that voice once again said, give her something. And my voice once again said, we support all the charitable ministries in town. We support the Salvation Army. We support all those ministries. The Dream Center is right there. We give money to that, God. I'm watching her in the mirror. There's about 10 cars lined up. She's about car number eight, and I'm looking at the light. I said, that thing's going to turn green here in a minute. I looked at her. She made it at the end, and here she comes. I thought, what's wrong with the light? It's not moving. Now you can, you can laugh. I think God froze that light. And I reached in my pocket and gave her some money and said, here you go. Now do I think she was starving? No. Do I think she's had a rough life? Yeah. Do I think that I may be the same way had I been raised in her environment? Do I think I wouldn't be the same if I'd never been introduced to Jesus that had parents who loved God and loved the church as opposed to possibly parents that, that drank and didn't really care about giving her guidance? Oh, well, it was probably rebellion on her part. Do you know how easy it is for you and me to be rebellious? Anybody out there? 
We rebellious. I looked at that and I thought, all right, God, I've been obedient to you. And you know what will happen? I will tell you what will happen. As much you say, well, you don't get anything because you weren't really all in to begin with. <laughs> I'm not going to believe that. Here's what I'm going to do. God will sneak up on me and give me a blessing. Amen? Because I was obedient. Who knows? It might be tonight before I leave this service. Somebody might want to walk up and bless me before we leave. You just never know. I have any amens out there? Oh, me. Yeah. You see, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seed, Paulus watered it, but God made it grow. So what is it? What do, what do I do in life? Anything that I have, I water it. I plant it. But it's God who steps in and makes it grow. And if you look and say, well, look what God has done. Now I want to stop here for a moment. Too many people that have been blessed are like the man in the Bible who had bunches and bunches and bunches. And instead of managing to give it away, he built bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns. And what did the Bible say? You were blessed. Beyond anything, you have the ingenuity to be blessed, and you build bigger barns. Thou fool, this night your soul will be called into accountability. So I'm going to encourage you tonight to look at life and to look at the blessings that you have in a positive way and say, God, all of it belongs to you. I want to be positive. I want that kind of attitude. Or Roberts used to say, he doesn't say it much anymore, something good is what? Something good is what? It's going to happen to you. Finally, you have to sometimes fight to get the kind of success that you need or the kind of favor. How many really don't like the devil coming in and stealing your blessing? May I see your hand? Not, none of us do, but he will. He will. So sometimes you have to fight. The good fight of faith. Joshua 17, verse 18. But the forested hill country as well. Clear it, and its farthest limits will be yours. And though the Canaanites have iron chariots, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. So Joshua is reminding them, hey guys, from the beginning, you had God's promise. God said that you're special, and the Lord said, says, if you pay attention, you can have more than you have ever imagined. But look at that. Don't discount that hill country. Go out there and cut the trees down. Use the lumber to build and mobilize your energy. And they said, hey, the Canaanites, they have big old chariots, iron chariots. And you know what the Bible says? They are strong. But you can drive them out. Now, what was the problem? I'll tell you what the problem was. That was a reason of disobedience. 
they were told to annihilate them when they first went in. But here's what some thrifty businessman said. Why should we take the life of all these people and waste that good talent? They can be slaves for us. And so guess what? They were slaves and they began to grow as slaves and begin to have assets. And before you know it, the master's so overwhelmed by the productivity out of the slaves, he's not keeping check on them. And they're building iron chariots. And then all of a sudden, now what we have to do, we got to drive them out. And they've got chariots. And this is what Joshua said to them. Hey, no matter what they have, if God has given you something and God's anointing and God's will is on you, it does not matter what the enemy might hold in his hand. You are stronger. You are stronger. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you mean and all the circumstances of our life. We, we want to be overcomers, and we are. And we believe that, and we believe according to the Scripture. And Lord, those that are listening online right now, some of them are in hospitals, and others are at home sick, and others are in their car, and they're watching. And whatever the case, but Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts tonight. Let us leave here, and let us look at maybe that mountain or that hill that that we've allowed to threaten us or that circumstance or that ill word or, or that job or whatever the case is, God, let us, let us be able to look beyond that because we know that you have a plan. Let us take a look, God, at what we've been blessed with and ask ourselves, God, what is it that I have that you desire? Am I piecemealing out the abundance of your blessing, God? God, I, I, don't, I don't want to piecemeal out. I want a flow of the blessing that you've given me because as I give, I receive. It's the same principle. So would you minister? Would you help all of us in our attitude? Would you, would you help us, God, to pay better attention and not be irritable and not be mean and nasty and not be just attitudinally out of sorts. But let us endeavor to be the kind of person that says, Okay, God, I may have an evil person that I have to work with. But here's what I know. You take care of me. And you're able to stop the mouth of those that are the naysayers. And you're able to give me victory. In Jesus' name, would you stand everyone? And would you repeat this prayer? Repeat it after me. Would you do that just in case? Those of you online, repeat it after me. Here we go. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I desire to be a follower. I desire to be a follower of my Lord and Savior. Of my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Come into my life. Come my change, my heart, change my heart, change my mind, change my, mind, change my, attitude. Change my attitude. Let it be Christ honoring. I thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus for, all you've done. for all you've done. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. Now minister and meet the need of every person here. 
If you're sick in your body, that'll be a decision of choice for you. You don't have to leave here the way you came. You really don't. You really don't. God is more than able and more than willing to give you the absolute touch of Almighty God. That's what he came to do tonight. So if you need healing and you just think you need to come in the altar and trust God, let God lead you. Don't leave here depressed. Don't, don't leave here the same way that you came in if it's a negative tendency. Call out to God. Call out to Jesus. He is able. Come as we sing together. Here we go. our hands and bless his name shall we thank you Lord praise Jesus come on let's sing the song together everybody give him praise praises to your
Thank you, Jesus. How many felt the presence of the Holy Spirit? Listen, friend, don't take for granted what you feel in this room right now. Most of the world doesn't feel this. They've never experienced it. When you go home tonight and you go to bed and you whisper a prayer, God, forgive me of all my sins today. You cannot be any more pure than that right there. And you can go to sleep tonight with a heart and say, God, if you come during the night or I don't wake up in the morning, I know in whom I have believed. And God, your hand has been upon me. My friend, that is better than a Coke and a moon pie. Amen. I know it's an RC. Some of you correcting me out there. But listen, rejoice in the Lord and what you enjoy. Amen. Shake hands with several people you think look better than you do. And God bless you. Thank you for being here. For your name is great and greatly to be I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name.